Hello and welcome to the Watch the Football podcast. This week, um, you have yours truly, Giancarlo Cobham and Tyrone Holder. Hello, Noah, folks. Noah Tierzio O'Reilly today, the Juventus slash Arsenal fan. Uh, so this week, we will go through the, well, some of the games from Game Week 2. Um, Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Manchester United, of course, and Liverpool. Um, then we will basically give predictions of <clears throat> the scores for Game Week 3. And seeing that we're starting with Arsenal, Tyrone being the Arsenal fan, you could proceed. Yeah, um, the, the the game I think was a, a much more comprehensive performance than the, the previous weeks um, showing by the guys. Um, even though there were some moments where, you know, we were really let down by individual performances, like the the goal that James Madison scored. But uh, again, Gabriel Jesus was electric. Um, uh, a performance that uh, across a lot of Arsenal platforms, as it relates to fan channels and stuff on YouTube, you hear them saying, "What hear them saying this?" And I think that I, I, I kind of um, agree with it. The, the performance was very Alexis Sanchez, like even the goal, really and truly, which which really came out of nothing—a moment really of, of of quality and brilliance for a goal, and second goal obviously being um, a very opportunistic back post header. Um, Martinelli, uh, uh, who was who a lot of Arsenal fans have been asking to to really improve this is his productivity this season has seemed to have taken on that um, that mantle and and each time Leicester City got back into the game basically because of an Arsenal error or mistake or some some form of a lapse in judgment like for example with the Salabas unfortunate Heather Arsenal just went back and scored again and, and remained in total control so. Um, I could say I was really impressed with the performance and long may it continue. Um, well, I don't think there's much I can add to that. Um, in watching the game, again, I thought Arsenal was dominant. Um, they got the, the striker that they were, you know, missing um, since the loss of form um, from Aubameyang. And as you really said, uh, Martinelli, you know, he, he improved his numbers or his plan seemed to, it seems that his plan is to improve the numbers uh, this season. Um, so far, I haven't seen um, Saka involved in much of the player. Most of Arsenal player um, go down the left, the link up between the two Gabriels, um, along with the, the introduction of Sanchenko, who I think bring another um, dimension to, to the Arsenal player, rather than um, Tierney going down, providing away from just crossing the ball. Zinchenko comes in and he helps with the possession, the recycling of player. For me, um, despite Gabriel Jesus had um, two goals and two assists, and he would have you know got the man in the match and received all the praise. I thought. My man, the match was Zinchenko. Um, I think I thought he had a, a brilliant performance. I thought Arsenal was brilliant. Um, Arsenal considered two goals from mistakes. Um, the goalkeeper, he needs to step up because he made two mistakes in the game. 
and one of them could have caused a penalty. Luckily, the referees are luckily for him, the referees are more lenient um, in terms of contact um, this year because Jesus was clipped in the box, but apparently, if the contact isn't enough to warrant a PK, then the penalties are not given. But I think Arsenal was brilliant. Um, outside of the two errors by Saliba and the goalkeeper, I can't think of anything else any other time that Leicester, well, besides the first minute of the game when Fofana happened to to run through, uh, make a run and receive the ball in box, drove a pass to defense, and then um, the keeper saved. Other than that, Arsenal was dominant, and long may it continue. Correct. Correct, 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 correct. Uh, uh, you have any, any um, words for Leicester? Um... I mean, Leicester has the, the basis of a good of a good side, and and if they can hopefully add uh, add something, they will be forced to. If these um, protracted transfers that are supposed to happen do come through, they will need to replace them. But um, they've had, I'd say, maybe uh, I don't want to say hit and miss, but maybe sixty percent success rate in, in replacing outgoing players. Um, so. I'd hope that when they, if they're forced to have, if they're forced to replace players like James Madison and Wesley Fofana, and and me personally hoping and your retirements, that they do find the the right um the right replacements, um because I really like Leicester as a, as an outfit and how they how they do things, especially how they won the the league. You know, uh, they, they they weren't really. As people would say, the oil oil type collabs are or 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 such, and they, they want it the right way, and they did the right thing. So I would really hope that they maintain their status. But if they don't replace well and they continue this kind of I don't know mystery in the transfer window, Leicester could could might might struggle. They might struggle if they lose these names and not replace them well. And even even hearing to rumors around Harvey Barnes too. So hopefully um, they maintain. And they haven't been playing bad football, but I just guess I guess the the, the environment around the club could, could affect the player players as well as we can see in another more popular club. Um okay, um well my take on Leicester is um well in the first game they were at to love. For some reason Rogers decided to take off Jewsbury Hall and put on an another attacker. And then Brentford took over the game, happened to come back and draw, almost won the game late. Um, the second game, obviously Arsenal was just the better team, better prepared tactically, better players, everything. Um, as it stands, um, for me, Leicester, Leicester would have had Money Madison as a threat. Well, you know, Vardy's Vardy, and he can always play on his shoulder defender looking for the ball over the top. But for outside sure. of Madison, Harvey Barnes injured, they don't really have any threats. Um, they play with the, the, the three at the back, the wing backs, and, you know, for the wing backs to receive the ball to, to, to take advantage of the five, five men in the midfield, you got to have the ball. And with Arsenal, you're not going to have the ball. Arsenal does have all the possession. Most games. 
Um, so yeah, it was just basically Madison. Um, with the return of Barnes, I expect um things to look up for Leicester. Uh, in terms of replacing for Fana, that should not be hard because they always fo- um find steals or young, promising, upcoming players that they can get for a decent price. So I don't think um replacing for Fana would be difficult. They already have well, not Jones. Um, the guy, the former Manchester United centre back, um, Johnny Evans, um, Soyonku and Amarty. Soyonku, Leicester fans are not happy with him at all, and he's another name I was going really input there in terms of how their recruitment strategy. You don't really want to to be to, to be buying Amartis. You want to be buying. You want me replacing players with with a, with a Drewsbury Hall or, or Harvey Barnes, not not like the Amartes of this world. Well, it depends, you know, because because um, if you have a system that works and players can fit in the system, like Brighton, you know, Brighton sign players, lose players, and players come and slot in. Once the system working for you, right? You know, like. like it's yeah, not Brighton necessarily... got probably about a more than 90%, right. 90% success rate versus Leicester, they would say 60 to and... 70% success rate. But, well, it, it's all about trial and error because um, they've got players that emerge like the same Drewsbury Hall and James Justin, who would have emerged as a replacement for the former Chelsea left back. Can't remember the name. We need to Chelsea, not Chilwell. Um, Well, yes, Chilwell. Chilwell. I was thinking of the one that went to that was at Villa, and then went to Leicester, and he's injured now. But yeah, uh, I I am pretty sure Chilwell came through the Leicester system, and he went off to Chelsea. They would have replaced Chilwell with James Justin. They also got Luke Thomas, so Leicester, and then Jules Berhal come out of nowhere. So I Say I, I would too. Yeah, who's now injured again? So they got they they know to work themselves around the um the transfer market in terms of replacing players. And once Rogers is coach, I don't I don't I have no fear that that Leicester. I'm not saying they can finish in Europe, but Leicester should be in the top half of the table for sure. All right, so we can move on to Man City and Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> anything that we don't know about this game that we need to know. <laughs> I think that result was expected. I think that was the score that I heard many people in many previews and watching the podcast and such and listening to Manchester City fans talk. I think that was pretty much the score like that everybody was saying for love. Some people were saying even five, but four love was generally scoreline. Um, the only thing that people probably were shocked by is the the, the lack of a Erling Haaland on the score sheet. Um. That didn't surprise me because I ain't gonna come and say that you know I watch it in a hundred games. I watched it play two games. That was the game against West Ham and in the community show. Other than that, I watched him in highlights and he he has a similar playing style to Werner, where they run in behind. So if there's no space, then there's no place to run in behind. Um I expect Bournemouth to because they play with three at the back, well, and if you're a defender, it will become five. So I expected Bournemouth 
regardless of what formation they play, to sit deep and try to counter as they would expect Man City to have all the possession and be the dominant team. And based on Scott Parker's press conference, you know, he didn't expect much from the game. Um, I ain't surprised that Haaland, um, it was seven or eight touches in the whole game. He got two passes. Um, he got one shot that I think Grealish created for him and he, he didn't play on target. But I ain't surprised by his um <clears throat> by his performance because uh you know he 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 don't seem like someone who will be involved in the build up play a lot. He just seemed to be interested in scoring goals. Um it was a, a stat last week, the first week where his expected assists was 0.01 or something, and he expected goals was like over two. So that tells you what he bought. He just won't put the ball in the goal bar. He ain't interested in the build-up. Funny enough, he played the one-two with Gundogan for the first goal, but other than that, he had one pass besides that. But I ain't surprised by the scoreline. And just to add one more thing, Man City is... It's not about one person. Even though the court's trying to draw that in, the guys, Man City, is create opportunities. Whoever on the end of the goals, will on the end of the ball, will score. It ain't targeted particularly for an individual, even though that's what I heard from the, the post-match press conferences. The court's trying to get the guys to find him. But Yeah, yeah. I was about to address that, actually, because, um, you know, he actually said, um, you know, Previously, you would got a striker who has a different kind of movement or you're playing false nine or whatever the case may be. But now the guys got to understand that he is going to be in those positions and you got you got to look for him. So it was kind of, I don't know if it's to say refreshing to hear Pep Guardiola say that, but obviously, you know, you got to basically adjust yourself um, to a man who has a significant goal threat. So we also got to uh, do a quick mention to that, <laughs> that chance that Phil Foden should have obviously scored to him. Um, and that would have been, that would have been his goal. Yeah, it, it could have been, but I mean, me in that position, you know, as a man playing football for a long time, you just outside the six yard box one on one with the keeper. I mean, you got to be real unselfish to pass the ball for the top end there. All right. You know, like in a situation where the angle was tight, the shot was on. And, and the keeper made a save. Simple as that. Because I, I don't know if it was prayer to that player. But the chance when Kevin Bryan slipping, um, for the he scored from a similar angle. So I don't, I, as I say, I can't remember if it was before or after the player, but if it was after he scored, then obviously he can go from that angle again. But you know, no surprises here. Yeah, especially Man City to win the game, it was only by how much. I actually was looking for the like five or six. Um. No, the most talked about team in world football. These take over from Arsenal. Manchester United 0, Brentford 4. Hey, I, what more can you say that hasn't been said already, though? I mean, geez, I, first 35 minutes, 35 to 40 minutes of that game was absolutely deplorable on the on the back of them Manchester United players. I mean, lack of effort, the lack of running. Um, you could probably you could probably address the 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 consequence of of their lack of running and be having been called in the next day by the coach to to do the distance that 
Brentford did over them in the game um, on their day off. And and I guess just lack of concentration, epitomized by the first goal. Good gosh, the second one as well. I, I mean, and I must also say, separate and apart from how poor United was, Ivan Tony is a player that is very, very underrated by a lot of people. People scoff at him. But that control and pass for him, Wimmer's goal, if that was another player, people would have been reveling over it. Completely, perfectly weighted. I love a technical player like that. People might look at it and say it was easy, but you have to measure that very well. People get those things wrong, and people, uh, the average free person can custom, but I was perfectly rated. Luke Shaw, I guess, he didn't want it as much as, as Mbemo wanted it. And, and I think that was the fourth goal that really put them to bed. I was looking for at least matches to try to do something to make it look respectable in the second half. But I mean, that lack of effort altogether just it just says a lot about the team and where they are right now. I don't think it's the, the, the management or, or, or I can't put it down to individual players anymore. It's, it's just a holistically bad and toxic environment, probably not in that dressing room. And, and drastic measures. I've seen some of the matches on the podcast and such over this week calling for such, um, not going to the games and attempting to get the, 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 the ownership out. To set some standards and some 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 structure, man. So what's acceptable and what is not acceptable, now and, and try to get that club back to where it needs to be. To be honest with you. Um. All right. I'm not gonna cast all the blame on the owners because people like to point fingers, um, at the owners and uh, how the club is run, and you know all of these kind of things. When things don't work out on the field, if my United was was winning, they. The same setup, you know, we won't be hearing anything about the owners, just like uh, with Barcelona. Barcelona was winning. Um, you didn't hear nothing about the way structure, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, people just like to f- find excuses. I, I'm not saying that that's not one of the reasons, but I just think that people just find a reason to, to blame a performance. For me, I can look at the players or performances. I'm looking at the players. Manchester United players and get bad overnight, right? And I see this with Liverpool. I see this with Man City. When somebody come in and try to um, bring a new stuff, they always got problems. Now, the first goal, that's, that's just down to poor goalkeeping. That ain't got nothing to do with the still, nor anything, right? That's just a lack of concentration, and I don't know if because he fought off Henderson um, last year and he bat as the undisputed number one without a challenge. I don't know if that is, but, you know, we see we have seen these errors from the here for the last couple of years. All right. Me, as a man that play football, I know for sure that is sinking, especially when you on a run of losing games and then something like that happens, that is then your confidence. And the team in a confident team, especially after losing um, the, the week before and all the off-the-field controversy. They're not mentally strong, right? Um, the second goal was because of playing out the back. And they had a player where Maguire had to fall because they tried to play out the back. It didn't work because of how um, Brentford press, right? He had to fall. They get a free kick. They try it again. 
They closed on Erickson. Goal number two. Goal number three was from a set piece. Ivan Tony again, as you mentioned. Strong in the air. Ben Mee scored at the back pole. Um, fourth goal, counter attack. Ivan Tony again, brilliant pass. I would give in to the, the third and fourth goal. The, the first and the first goal is all the here. The second goal, and that's at the tone for the match. The second goal was um, trying to pass from the back. And you got to give credit to Brentford because the coach know that they still knew for Manchester United and the struggle playing out because you got Luke Shaw, you got you got um, Harry Maguire, who people think good on the ball. Harry Maguire has run out with the ball, right? Um, you got Dalo, who had lost the ball up in the corner, you know, on a play before. So you got men that that this still is kind of new to them. Um, they had a particular play where Maguire had the ball. Dalo coming. Maguire, I think that's the same play he had a kid on the map. Maguire had no options. I don't know if it's, they don't understand how the coach want to play yet or if they're frightened to come and collect the ball in certain situations. But I see this for Klopp. I see this with Pep when they first come in, where the man was making mistakes. So putting it down to, to, to teething, as, as as people would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't Isaka, say because no, no, this no. is too long. This is ongoing sure. too long for Manchester United, no man. Ongoing too long. The same thing. And they're, doing, they're about to do the same thing that they've been doing before in terms of 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 placating the fans with a big name. They've been doing the same thing as why Jose Mourinho was proven right in the end when he said that his second place was the greatest achievement that has been achieved, he has achieved in recent times because pressing room is, I don't know, I don't know. It's a rough thing. It's a rough thing. Because my guy and people say he's a dinosaur and everything he does is bad. So I ain't It was proven right in the end though. right in the end. But, for sure, and the team needs time, right? And like like last season, um, the coach came in. They went from playing deep and protecting uh, who they have, which Mourinho did and OGS did, masking players based on how they play. They brought in an attacking coach, you know, everybody with this for thinking, possession, attractive football. You got got the players to play. So they're bringing someone to play the vertical passes. You know, they want the sideways in the back. They want counter attack. They want the ball going forward. They want press. And then it was just bare legs. Now they want um, this 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 attractive um, Barcelona, Cruyff, Dutch influence football. They can take time. And they can give you a lot of goals doing it. But you rightly say, um, I don't understand the Casemiro signing. If they do something, I think they will. So far from Frankie Dale. So, I, so far. I don't understand it because he's played for the team that I support. He's not good on the ball. He He's a ball winner. Win the ball, pass the ball for the VRC, the man that could play. I don't understand it, but. I they guess are, so they is, came off of the Anthony transfer as well because um I, I asked for asking for too much money now they went back in um offering seventy five million dollars. This is a, this is those are things that come from desperation and that level of unsurety comes from 
lack of structure and lack of direction. You get desperate because of too bad results, and no, you just you just running right. wild with with the Correct. situation. You Correct. got got proper Correct. structure. Correct. I, I ultimately that is the response responsible. You are responsible for that as whoever is in charge. Ultimately, is responsible for the direction of the club and the decisions being made. Ultimately, you understand that there may be things happening at a footballing level, at a financial level that are not directly their responsibility, but you ultimately set the set the tone and the trend. That's why it was always looked to and uh, our cast my eyes towards Roman Abramovich and White Chelsea. Would has been a, one of the more successful clubs in the last ten years, but not have been the best, best, best football in the world or that kind of thing. But success, which is ultimately what you want in football, that they've gotten it in the last ten to ten to fifteen years. Well, what we can do, what I can do, I can wait have an episode on and that. see. I can wait and see how Probably. things turn out because it just might work. Who knows? Because last year I got a certain Brazilian that was getting cussed. For having a barbecue, I know this year everybody love you. So I can just wait and see. What I can do though, I can I can move on to the I don't even think we talk about the the the, the controversy of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can move on to that. The controversy of the weekend as you as you see. Um you can go ahead. Um I I I actually didn't catch the game in its fullness. I had to watch it over and then take in the analysis um, uh, of match of the day and the, and the pundits and such. And just before coming on to this, coming on to this podcast as well, I was reading an article. Surprisingly, it shocked me actually. Mike Dean actually wrote an entire article um, for one of the British newspapers admitting to wrongdoing, saying he didn't when he first looked at it. I mean, it's laughable, really. It's really, really laughable. He didn't consider it to be a violent act. I think that ultimately is one of the most, is, is the most controversial moment of the game uh, as, it, as it really boils down to it. And I am exasperated to explain it, to be honest. The, the only thing I could put it down to, and this people might say, you know, you, you've taken it to the extreme or whatever the case may be, it's corruption. That's the only thing I could put it down to, really and truly, because there's no way that you could look at that and see that and just and say you, you didn't consider it to be a violent act. I could understand the referee on the field, Anthony Taylor, fair enough. Because he only has one one view, but you got six or seven cameras, you got slow motion readers, you got zoom in, you got change of angles. I mean, when I look at the, for example, the, the goals, when goals are, are about to go over the line and they don't go over the line and people are appealing, the referee points to his watch, and then you would see the, the cameras zoom into the ball, change the angle and zoom into the ball and you see it via artificial intelligence, the camera showing where exactly the ball is and you understand, well, yeah, this is where the, the goal was not, this golden stand or whatever, because maybe the ball, the complete ball did not cross the line. All of that they have available to them in the VAR studios. How could you not make that call? It, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me. I, I've been, and you would probably know personally, I've been on this thing about these, these refereeing level in, in the Premier League, which is which is which is promoted as the best league in the world. And I think that by by comparison, they have the worst referees. Is is you you really need some form of accountability? I understand from watching these highlight shows and stuff that the conversations with the referees and the VARs are being recorded. Who who is somebody going to be held accountable here? Somebody has to be held accountable for that at least. I see there's some calls in previous seasons too that has left me flabbergasted in the same way. I mean, 
Chelsea, ultimately, if you go straight to the game, really can't completely blame the referee with the amount of chances that they had as, have as, had as well. They really, really need to find a cutting edge up front based on the amount of chances and shots that they had and, and very, very wasteful. I think case in point to that would be the chance that I believe it was Kai Havertz, was it? Was it? Or was it Mason Mount? Probably Kai Havertz. Havertz. When the ball came, came in and he, he kicked mm-hmm. it wide from basically center, center goal. I mean, it was amazing to me. So they, 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 have, they did score their two goals, yes, from their defenders, a top goal by Kaladu. Um, Koulibaly, who some people were for some reason writing off because he was coming from the Syria, he was meant to be slow and passed it and all the rest of it. <laughs> but that's another story within itself. And a good goal from um, a player rated very highly. Um, I believe it was Reese James that scored. And but when you when the when your front four or five players are, are not giving you the level productivity that you productivity that you need, something needs to be done. And I think that they're working to address it. And, and if Chelsea does what needs to be done, as, as, I, as I can see that they're working on in the market, plus bringing in those, those young players as backup or um, eventually for steamers in, in a few years to come, by the end of this transfer window, people will completely have a 360 on how they're viewing Chelsea. That's the honest truth because they played a good game. They created a lot of chances. They were wasteful up front. They were hard done by the referee. But I must also say, Tottenham are beginning to reflect the manager. And when you begin to reflect the manager, people would say people would call it um, the shit housery, the dark arts, you know, the determination, all that is Antonio Conte when he was playing and, and, and as a manager. And if and if Spurs were sorry, Spurs really, really begins to reflect their manager and get that winning mentality and grading up results where they should really have none, then Spurs, as we would have rightly uh, predicted, I, I believe it was in the first show. Will will be very competitive in this league. Uh well, I I totally agree with everything you say. Um, in terms of the game though, I thought Chelsea, I thought Chelsea press Spurs really well. I I've never seen a four across the top press, so it was like, um, he had four players across the top sacrificing in midfield, stopping. The three center bats from passing the ball out, and from the time they bypass um that that first press, then James would have come in the back of Sonko. Apparently, he did a man marking um rule on 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 Sonko. Yes, yes, right, yes, really, really um, good So Spurs can't get out to get their attackers involved in the play, um, being Kian Son and Kolozevsky, right, um. For all the possession that Chelsea had, Loris Mia won't see if that was in the first half, I think, on Kai Havertz. Right? Um, right. So the, the first score was horrible marking. I don't know how, how could the body end up free to volley the ball. This goes to show it was not a header. It, it was a volley, which means it was it, it had to be at a certain height for somebody to clear it. But he ended up free the back post volley, good goal. Um, in terms of Spurs, though, um, I think Conte made a change before sixty minutes to play his favorite formation, in which he got panged with when he first took over Chelsea the four two four. That changed the game. 
that uh, free up Kane and Son because I don't know why um, the Chelsea coach in react to that because Chelsea was still in the game because uh, they had less more space for the Chelsea midfield and attack to operate in. No, because it wasn't, it was no longer the five at the back um, for Tottenham, rather than it was rather a four to four. So four across the top, two midfielders, and four at the back. So they have more space. But it was also harder for the 37 year old Silver and Kula Bali and James to deal with the four across the top. That impacted uh, Chelsea negatively, the change Conte made, as well as the injury to Conte. When the time can't hear went off, then things get worse. Um, yes, it was a foul on Havertz uh, from Benson Core, but Chelsea also won the ball and Georgina decided he can flick it out and he box. So I ain't got an issue with the goal, and it was a different fee as a player. Um then for the the goal that Chelsea would have scored to going up to one, they had a play in the corner. I will have to go back and zoom in where it looked like Koulibaly had fouled Kulazewski. He looked at the ref, he ain't getting a call, and the ball ended up to Sterling. Sterling playing James and James shoot and score. Um, Spurs equalizer. I don't know the, the, the rules when it comes to Falls on corners. Um, I don't know if it's after or before the corner kick that the referees start the play, but I've seen before that the referees give fouls and give the, the defending team the kick. And then I've seen sometimes where the referee go and talk to the players and then allow the, the corner to get kick. I don't know if it's something that has to be done before the corner kick. If you give the foul after the corner is kick or if you do the talking before the corners get able to go at someone. I, I don't want to 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 speak on that. But for me, if you pull somebody here, it's gonna be a foul. So I think Spurs get really one there for sure. And Parasich come in, made the impact, can't score the equalizer. So that's 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 still from um from Spurs. Usually people will see a Spurs will lose the game, but now they come back. In terms of Chelsea. Raheem Sterling miss an easy chance. Kai Havertz miss an easy chance. Two of them got, got a big season if Chelsea don't sign somebody, a striker to assist with 20 plus goals. Two of them got, got a big season. One in two of them got a score 20. Sterling was also psychic and I think my, he was a beneficiary of the system at Man City and up to now, I don't know how good Kai, Kai Havertz is because he just goes around the field and he ain't as prolific as people made him out to be. So for me, for Chelsea to to um to make the top four, Chelsea got to sign somebody to put the ball in bar because that game should be dead. But Sterling and and, and Loftus Cheek and and Kai Havertz, you know, then they won't be dead. And if you don't put real chances, two teams just play football. So that will get happen. Right? Um, it should be easy this week because I got Leeds. I know Leeds is elite goals. But that's my take on Chelsea and Spurs. Yeah, I, I would have to say that I, I completely agree. 
And I also must um, adding a quick word on Harry Kane and and making sure that people are aware that he did um, pop up in a very big moment um, for his club because people tend to say he hides away in big in big games. So let that be known. Let that be known as well. So Liverpool and Palace. Uh, Liverpool mm. and Palace won. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think it was um, just like Tucho versus um, Spurs. I think again it was um, very good, uh, a very good tactical display by Patrick Vieira. Um, I think he really, really resorted to simple tactics in terms of counter-attack. He left his his most potent attacker um, highest um, to work in tandem with his most creative midfielder in terms of uh, being released um, as early and as quickly as possible versus Liverpool's high line. Um, as his ability to, to, to progress the ball, um, evading, evading challenges, um, putting him in a position to, 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 to play through two or maybe even three players to a player who has who's feet of foot enough to get on the end of it and then, and then finish. Um, it was, was very good, but simple tactics by uh, Patrick Vieira. And, and it worked a treat, to be very honest. We almost, and they almost um, came out of Anfield with a result. Um, I was really, really impressed by that, but of course, uh, Liverpool is a different animal, <laughs> and and as with um, with an animal, when you corner it, uh, it tends to to attack. Um, so when they lost the 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 forward player Nez, <laughs> Liverpool became a different team, and as they were for 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 all of their games, creating plenty of chances, they managed to convert one and get one to the back of the net, and could have ultimately come out come out the, the winner on the other side. But the the Palace team is who I was really, really impressed with in terms of their resilience. Um Nunez, I think was was frustrated. Um his 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 touch seems to be a bit off. Uh his focus seems to be a bit off. I don't know if it's the pressure of the price tag or whatever the case may be, but we were very early in the season. Um but he, he had some chances, especially one I can remember particularly that he should should have really converted and didn't. I I I could only think that that, that plus the obviously the, the dark hearts as as the as the pundits would tell you, I'm sure that and some of the world them up will have written that kind of thing and he respond he reacted and, and obviously no you don't want to really be known for that kind of thing because then everybody's gonna try to use it against you. Hopefully he has the ability to to become to remain composed and, and scores goals as a retaliation to the to the winding up, but that really really let the team down. And I'm sure that his manager would have let him have it in the dressing room afterwards, even though he supported him in the in the interview um, post game. But on the pitch again, um, Liverpool unlucky in the last two games that they've played. Luckily enough for them, no. They have to play a very um, unstable Manchester United team. So hopefully um, they can finally begin to, you know, rack up the points and do what Liverpool does. Um, I, I, I agree somewhat with you. Um, I thought Palace was 
fantastic. Um, in the first half, in terms of how they set up, um, I can't give Patrick Verona credit. I I can give Zaha the credit, um, for targeting um Nat Phillips. Uh, he had two opportunities. I remember one he scored, where he ran past Phillips to get the ball from um Ezia. True pass, run pass, Phillips score. Then there was another player where he ran off Phillips again, received the ball, but then he had a heavy touch, which kind of stopped him from shooting the ball properly, right? Um, Liverpool created a lot of chances as usual, you know, via um, the, the Wings, Arnold and Robertson. Um, unfortunately, they fall for Nunes, I think that's the name, Darwin Nunez, right? Yes, Nunez, uh, but it just wasn't his deal. I wouldn't say the price tag or the pressure or anything because he scored in two consecutive games, which is the Community Shield, and he scored um, against Fulham in, in the first game week. Uh, I just, I would say we're unlucky. He probably was snatching at the ball. Um, I think he had like two chances, if I remember, but the majority of the chances was falling to him. Um, where I can be critical of Patrick Vieira. Um, now first, let me start with Nunes. He ain't got an excuse for the right card. He ain't start playing football last week. This ain't the first time a defender tried again. He had so he won't ban him for seven games or eight games, not three, for doing that stupidness. He ain't twelve, right? Now off of Nunes to Patrick Vieira. There's no way that I don't, I upper man, sorry, and I can still continue to play counter-attacking football, and I got a bunch of quality players that I could choose from. You got Zaha, you got Ezia, you got Olis, if I pronounce it correct, you got Edward. Olisier hurt, Olisier hurt. No, I, I'm pretty sure he come on in the game. I'm pretty sure I see he come on in the, in the latter game. He was playing way right. If it's not him, it's the other boy that got all of these skills. You got a lot of players that, that, that could play. There's no way you should be sitting back against a 10-man Liverpool and then Liverpool come towards you. That's a joke. So I invex that Crystal Palace in the game because he continued to be negative even though he had a man up. And Palace is the team that's possessed the ball. Palace should have tried the best to keep the ball against the 10-man Liverpool. There's no way you should got 10 men and the team got 77% possession. Um, in terms of Liverpool, create chances. Um, they don't look, they didn't look as watertight because obviously Nat Phillips came in. Uh, for Matic, who I thought was Liverpool's best centre-back last year. So once the partnership break up and then you start Phillips over um, Gomez, for whatever reason, probably fitness. Gomez is a man that fast. Phillips in the fastest. You're playing with the Highland against Zaha that got pace. So it, it was only one result if Zaha and Phillips get caught one-on-one. And Zaha being smart, he was always um, on Phillips as opposed to being on Van Dyke, who fast and strong. So, you know, he... He needs to go hard some college to figure, figure out that, you know, Zaha would have gone to Phillips. That's how they got the goal. 
That's when I got the second chance. But again, I thought Crystal Palace should have been that game easy. After being up a goal and up a man, he shouldn't. I would have come out and tried to try to hold possession because they could do it. They got the players that could do it. Right. And once you're defending like that, and the game player Anfield is only a matter of time for one of these players to, to do some moment of brilliance. That's what it is play for Liverpool. Because if they were a class, they're close to being world class. So I mean but that's not your reason you don't but exactly what you said said right there is not your reason why Patrick Bear did what he did. Yeah, but you got... I think some 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 teams carry that weight of fear based on what they've done historically and mm-hmm. teams would respect them more even if even if not logically as you were rightly saying that you know you're not going to do certain things if you up a man etc even if not logically they do them because of that weight of fear I understand that however right you got you got 11 men who can also play you created chances with 11 men against 11 defending why would you allow Liverpool, a 10-mile Liverpool, right, to come at you for the entire game? Like, from the time you go down, go, man, you adjust. You know, you adjust and you 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 take the game to Liverpool, even if you even if you take this thing out of the game and try to keep possession. But there's no way me personally being down a, a upper man and I allowing Liverpool space to play in front of me and hope that they don't break me down. And when Liverpool does do that for fun, every team does play like that against Liverpool. Once you go at Liverpool, then any of the attacking teams, once you match them man for man, energy for energy, strike for strike, then once they turn into the scramble and you had the extra man, it's not like it's 11 v 11. He, well, don't let me say he should have. I thought, all right, it would have made sense to me to come out to your shell and try to keep possession and play football because Liverpool has they have to come forward because they've done a goal and they can't draw all of these points because you know City winning all that game playing their head. So for them go come at me and I got Saha, I got Azir, I got the, the boy Olis, I got Edward, I got, I, I got them men. I, you, it's not like you got slugs, you got men with pace. Like, no, I got 11. I would have come. I would assure them that, yeah, I respect when I'm one at home, but when I got 10 men on that, uh-uh, I would have tried my best to take over the game. Because it was only a matter of time. Let hold the man score the goal. You know, they come back down the man, but because they're not closing down, the man shoot the ball from long and score. But these things happen. And I could only say this because Liverpool scored, Liverpool didn't score, we would have said that it was a brilliant performance. Well, not me, because I, I, ain't, I ain't playing defensive and I got more men than the opposition. But people would have said it's a brilliant a tactical masterclass, a brilliant performance, and people would have uh, give Patrick Bear all the praise. But I thought that that was... That was the goal. The other goals was the top goal. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, he can only score the FU. A lot of Liverpool to come at you, come at you, come at you all the time. But you know, enough said on that. We will go on to the score predictions for game week three. Uh, starting with Spurs versus Wolves. Uh, how you reckon that? Uh, that's the first game for the weekend. Um, Spurs, Spurs at home, right? Yeah, Spurs at home. 
Oh, struggling to score. Um, three one Spurs. Three one to Spurs. Yeah. Oh. Well, Spurs, based on some stats that I saw, uh, they were real unlucky to concede so far. Um, one of the better defensive defenses in the first two games. Um, Wolves, Wolves is, is got issues scoring goals. Um, so I will see three left to Spurs. Palace and Villa. Uh, Palace Villa. Oh gosh, gosh. Uh, two one Palace. Two one Palace. Um, Villa looked good last week. Um, bringing in Watkins and dropping yeah. Bailey. Um, however, Palace should have confidence after this display from Liverpool. Um, getting a point at Anfield. Yeah. Um, Villa still don't convince me. To be quite they're honest, they're gonna miss the Carlos too. Um, I can't say they get Messi because this he played like two games, so they can have the the partnership from that service should be Consa and Ming's back. So I won't say they get Messi that much. Um, but I can go with the one team. Um, for me, Crystal Palace got more about them than Villa. For, sure. for me, Villa is a team that is just a lot of energy, but I ain't really. I ain't really convinced by Villa. Um, so, same score as you, 2-1. Everton and Nottingham Forest? Jeez. Uh, it's, it's, no, I should really be saying 2 or 3 love here to, to Everton, but Everton's such a funny team, fun, funny team and, and for, Forest just bringing in players, bringing in players, bringing in players, improving their quality. I ain't sure if they can they can all gel, but it will go against my inclination to say to no to, to Everton and say to Wall. All right, because um, Everton still struggling to score themselves. All right, so I can go with Forest here because um, based on what we see last week and who Forest signing, Forest could possibly possibly be a good team. When the players gel and they got goals in them. Everything on the other hand, um, square pairs in wrong holes for me. You got Matt Neal playing right forward, I'm a, a natural left winger. You got Anthony Garden striking, and you got the closest person to play a natural position is Demar Gray, and he ain't a body that prolific. Um, Anthony Garden. Got potential, he ain't prolific either. And the other forward, Matt Neal, playing out of position, ain't prolific. I don't see how they can score. And it's only a matter of time. When you don't score and you don't control possession, it's only a matter of time before you concede. And Nottingham Forest with players from the Bundesliga, um, the Justin, Dennis, Lingard, um, Nico Williams, bombing down the right. I can go with it. I can go with another hand forest. Vin. Um, I can say two one to forest. Interesting. Follow my Brentford. Oh, this I this actually is a game I will probably watch over the Crystal Palace and the Aston Villa game. I think that this should be an exciting game. Um, Brentford should have a lot of confidence from now. Manchester United the result, but Fulham has also not been any slouches in the Premier League so far. Um. I am actually again gonna go for a two-all draw. 
Um, I I can go with Brentford here, and the reason I can go with Brentford is because I watched the the Fulham and Wolves game, and if Wolves had a prolific goal scorer, Fulham would have been able to game in the first half. Well, okay. Um, but Neto, Wine, and company don't seem to like goals. And as we saw last week, Brentford don't make a sport in front of the goal bar. So I can go with a 2-0 to Brentford. 2-0 to Brentford. It's a first game. And can I get done at home against Brentford? Uh-oh. I he had much last week uh, against Wolves with Nathan Collins and, yeah, Mr. and Kilman. Right, he missed a penalty. Oh, okay. And but he didn't really have much involvement besides the penalty and the yellow card um for basically fighting. Um okay. less than Southampton. Um I'd say this is gonna be Rogers. This is gonna three points for Rogers, I hope. Um, because if they don't get a result here, then I would really, really begin to worry. Um, I'd see two 0 Leicester. All right, that's a nice score here again. All right. Um, so both teams can see this goal so far. <laughs> so that tells me that this can be a high-scoring game. Um, but Leicester got more quality than um Salvana in the top. So I will go with a three-one to Leicester. Um, Vardy two, Madison one. Um, Bournemouth uh, Arsenal last game on a Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. I am inclined to go three-nil to Arsenal. Uh, I really don't see Bournemouth scoring any goals against us unless we do something horrendous defensively. It's a 3 0. Jesus and Martinelli again. Maybe Saka finally joins the party. All right. Um, I would say 2 0 to Arsenal. Um, I don't know much about Bournemouth. Um, the result against uh, City was expected. As with most most teams against City, so I won't really judge them on City. They beat Aston Villa to love at home in the opening game, but Arsenal seem different um, this season. And the Palace game, tell me the different, and I expect the same thing. Um, a, a nice away performance. Hopefully, the level don't drop in the second half as it did against Palace. Uh, I could only see Bournemouth scoring from a set piece uh, via Moore, the Wales. Yeah, uh, Kiefer Moore. Yeah, the Welsh international, if that's correct. Or the Wales international, whatever. Welsh, yeah. Yeah, Welsh. Um, only from him, like a set piece cross. Can't really uh, see Bournemouth scoring. It's weird for me, though. I don't know how Another it's just as a cross you, but. That's as a side note to that situation. How how far is maybe they have different ownership, but I know both teams would have gotten the same hundred mil plus for promotion. I don't see how Forest is spending like this and, and Bournemouth really isn't doing much. 
Well, um, <laughs> some people take risks, some people don't. Who knows? Got different owners. That's all I can see on that. Because uh, for us, probably have rich owners. If if it don't work and they get ready get then all oh, them men gone. <laughs> um, but Bournemouth, Bournemouth is kind of different to, to to Palace. Um, Bournemouth, Scott Parker like possession football. So that's your plan to Arsenal hands. Arsenal got more quality than Bournemouth. Um, but as I was saying, like I could only see them scoring from a set piece. The guy more uh, gain trouble. But other than that, Arsenal look pretty solid to me. Uh, good in possession. Um, or if the keeper decide to have a lapse in concentration like he did last week yeah. on two occasions, then yeah. Yeah. you know that might allow Bournemouth a goal and help them to grow in confidence. Other than that, two 0 to Arsenal. Uh, so moving on to the Sunday games. Uh, the first are two nine o'clock games. Uh, Leeds versus Chelsea. Um, Chelsea really got that controlling games. Chelsea don't kill nobody. But if Chelsea got to love, you know, for sure the game done, probably outside of Man City, the best team at controlling games. Leeds, very attacking, but still um, considering a lot of chances at the back. Um, I expect Sterling and Havertz to gain some confidence from this fixture. I expect Chelsea to win 2 0. Ah. Uh, Interesting. I'd say, I think Leeds has uh, a pluckiness about them, um, similar to what they had under uh, Bielsa. They're a little bit better, I'd say, in terms of organization on the defensive side of it. Uh, not not great, but a, a bit better. And they have a star resilience. I don't think you could get that out of them. So I think they're good for at least a goal. So I'd go three one Chelsea. Three one Chelsea. All right. West Ham and Brighton. Um, West Ham ain't scored a goal yet. West Ham look good. Um, attacking was last week against Forest. It was unlucky to concede, uh, in my opinion. But Brighton totally destroyed Newcastle. Uh, I can't look past Brighton for this one. Oh. I, I, I going with a one out to Brighton because the 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 solid at home, but the solid enough not to concede away also. And Britain has created a lot, a lot of chances. And Sporting a new left back too. Well, yeah, Estupinia, uh, if I correct, but I, I only know he from FIFA. But um, I watched Britain. I, I like the coach. And Neil Mafia has moved on to, to Forest. And I must see it. Danny Well better let reborn. Hopefully he, he don't get injured again. Well, or, or anytime soon, I should say. And the team continue to, to play as as um as they are currently playing. They created a lot, a lot of chances against Newcastle. Um to convert the beat Manchester United confidence. For sure. Um hopefully they also bring in um uh, some part some person who could dovetail with well back or replace him. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 for, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, should, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh they, they bought they bought a German guy that scored if I am correct, either twenty nine or thirty something goals in the Belgium league, if I am correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good then. But they're just trying to get he, you know. 
accustomed to the league and stuff. So fair enough. Are you in long um, before you see? I think that West Ham, I think Moyes is gonna make some changes to the to the forward line. I think Skamaka starts his first game. Um I think Harney may also come in as well. Um and push and that would probably push Antonio into a wide position. Um I can see this being a one-all draw. Um, Brighton probably going up because they have the better, the better rubber the green right now in terms of confidence and, and game play. And then West Ham rallying late because they're at home and 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 getting something out of the game late, maybe off a Skamaka header or something from that from a corner kick, something like that. Okay. Um. I'm trying to find the guy. Castle and City is the last game for Sunday. Right. So he scored 26 goals in 37 games. And then is Undav. Yeah, a German. Can't tell you which, which league. In the Belgium first division. Yeah, so that was Belgium. Scored all goals. Um, all right, so moving on to Newcastle and City. There's an interesting one because um, based on some podcasts and stuff that, that I had listened to, people making this out to be a difficult game for City. And to my knowledge, um, I understand that Eddie Hoare has made Newcastle pretty solid at home. But this is my city after all. So I can go with a with a two love win. And there's only based on what I had heard all week coming from the Newcastle fan base, how solid they are at home. Uh, you know, they, they come a long way, they improve a lot. But this is my city. I will put four, but based on the information that I would have received, I haven't watched Newcastle for the season, but I can go with two nil to city. I think that's fair. I'd probably go three or four. I'd go for three to be on the safe side. Um, in the in the comparative analysis of quality, when you look at who Newcastle has in their battling versus uh, keeping concentration for 90 minutes against a team that has stifled possession and create chances, I'd say I'd, I'd go for City each and every time. Um, and he was also a, a coach that uh, likes to play football. He likes possession the same way. And when you play that kind of football, similar to how Scott Parker likes to say, you have to have quality. You have to have technicians, which is kind of the reason why Arteta is doing the thing he's doing at Arsenal. Lots of technicians all over the field. Um, even even at, even at Cancelo, for example, at, at, at left back. And if you try to do that against City, because you're at home and you might want to say, oh, let me try to play, guys. Bruno Gomez and those guys, I, you you can make an drastic a drastic error there. So I I, I can't see past um, Ernie Hollis um, recovering from last week again on the score sheet, and maybe Phil Folding and Kevin De Bruyne again. I I I don't feel that that um that Eddie Hogan come and try to play though. I feel this can be the usual um. Attack versus defense training session and try to hit City on the break and make a goal or um off a set piece. Similar, I feel like it can be similar to how Palace and Liverpool play. 
hopefully he ain't as negative if uh city Godonga man. But yeah, um I honestly last game of week. Um uh, probably the most talk about game for obvious reasons. Manchester versus Liverpool. Um, um right, so I will go ahead. Um yeah. if well not if Manchester will continue to play this way. If they don't get the bell up from the back right, Liverpool can create. I tend to get that wrong against. Correct. Liverpool can create chances. For me, I don't think he's 100% fit. If for me, is fit. And Manchester get it wrong. Manchester could possibly get like three or four. However, Liverpool have gone behind for like seven games in a row or San Dano. So it all depends on who scored the first goal. Because if my you can see, then the fans can get on the team. And it could be a blah blah. If Liverpool can see, it could be deja vu or this the third game for the season. Because it happened previously, the third game for the season. Whereas uh, we can't see first and we got dig deep and things are going to be et cetera, et cetera. Because they got a lot of injuries. And as I mentioned, um, they keep going behind first. They keep conceding. They ain't as watertight as seasons before. So for me, there's all down to who conceded the first goal. Manchester going to be flawless. Man, you got to be flawless in this game. Or it could be problems. So he got to get his line out right. And I believe he can stick to the principles. So the he got to make good decisions, not pass the ball to men that, that, that close down by, by two and three players. And the men got to want the ball in, in all kind of areas. I can't see he coming and set up to, to defend because then he's still and that and make he lose the trust of the players. Even though some fans might agree with it, but knowing he, he from Holland, right? And if he's from Holland, he can want to yeah. be true to he playing stuff. So I can't see he coming and doing nothing else. If Manchester don't get this playing out from the back, right? Then this could be problems. Manchester confidence low. For me, Liverpool confidence low too. Nobody can't tell me not. Two draws from then two teams. That is a for me. That's a worry for the yeah. Liverpool and the fan base, the, the the playing staff and the coaching staff. That's a worry. They get one react. Manchester get get one react also. For me, the the game last week of Manchester that that's a one off performance for me, right? Because Manchester wasn't that bad against Brighton, right? Yeah. Um, like but. I think Liverpool beat them like nine love um last season, four and one game and five in the next game. But but Manchester also beat Liverpool four nil in preseason. So if it is two teams that for me fragile at the moment. But it could go anywhere. And it, w- it would not be surprising if Manchester United win this game with a Cristiano Ronaldo goal. At all, at all, at all. At all. I- so honestly, what's gonna score, score that in this game? To be honest, I don't know. I can't call it scoring because 
Liverpool's gonna see first. And Liverpool's also beat these bad for the last couple of times. Man, you beat them in preseason. Honestly, I I don't know. I honestly can't call this score. So what I can do, I can I can sit on defense. And I will see a draw. And that is just because I can't call the score. Um, I would. This is a a lot of what you said is one hundred percent true, but the, the the difference is the difference. I think is made in mentality. As you said, both teams are fragile, and I think that um, Klopp will be getting into his players and they will be understanding what needs to be done because they have pursued City in previous seasons whereby um, they've had issue, they've had to be chasing them down and this that's already started and I think that with the two previous results that Liverpool had, they understand where they are in the table versus Manchester City and they really, really need to do something about that and versus Liverpool, even though they did um, put four past Liverpool in preseason. Don't think that counts for a lot, to be honest. Um, I think that Manchester will suffer that same mental block as last season. They've been uh, pasted before um, in both games last season. They're not the most confident, and their mentality versus Liverpool's mentality in a in a similar fragile movement. I don't think that they come out on top at all. I think Liverpool's mentality comes out on top because they have that. Um, they have that pre-established uh, championship type mentality um, or chasing championships um, versus Manchester's, which is who's all over the place at this moment. So, bounce back ability. I don't think Manchester does it. I think Liverpool does it. And as much as a shock result <laughs> would be, would definitely be the would be a Premier League storyline here or one. One nil or two one to United would be definitely be a, a, a Premier League typical Premier League storyline to happen here. I think this is probably going to be a, a, a three or I'll go over to four nil Liverpool. All right, so as, four as nil. Liverpool concedes first, and if Liverpool concede first, Manchester Spurs is going to be broken even further. Yeah, concede first. Sorry, Manchester being who I'm referring to. All right, so four nil Liverpool. <laughs> we will see this weekend. Um, if you're right, or you know, I right. Um, so that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Um, we're looking forward to see you, or yeah, we're looking forward to for you to be listening to us. Um, next week, where we discuss um the review of game week three and our preview of game week four. Um, thanks for listening and good night, everyone. <laughs>